Okay, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Iglap. It's me, your host, Paolo. And for today is my season finale for Iglap. And to honor me with my last episode for the season is my guest, Johnny. So hey, Johnny, how are you? I'm doing great. I had a very good morning. I didn't know I was the season ender. You are. You are the season finale. So yeah. no pressure. No <laughs> Just sure, kidding. No pressure. But yeah, you're you're my sixtieth uh, episode for this season. Uh, crazy, crazy amount of episodes. I, I don't know how I have the energy for that. But anyway, Johnny, thank you so much for being here. Uh, you know, th- you honor me with your presence. But you know, before we get to really start, you know, like the episode proper, I just wanted to. So I usually do this to my guests. I ask them to give like a fun fact about themselves that not a lot of people know about. So yeah, go ahead. Okay. So well, I think. I was just thinking about that myself earlier. Uh, I think I love learning um, new things, but like I told you, I don't really become really good at something in particular. So I'm someone who gets interested very quickly and I'm very passionate when I am. Yeah, Uh, so also, it's the same when I like someone. I like them very much, and then the the, the fever just died down quickly. So same with my interest and my hobbies. I'll be doing that for a couple of like months or weeks. I'll be buying a lot of, for example, drawing. I wanted to learn um, like how to draw like perspectives, you know architecture because of a movie that I watch or a series that I watch and so I had to buy these materials and then after a while like two months I don't even look at the things and I maybe because I'm busy with another hobby so that's how I am I'm passionate when when I become interested and then I quickly move on to a new hobby so I kind of want to ask you if it's okay for me to ask. Why do you think you're like that? Because you mentioned that when you're into something, right? Whether it's a hobby or an interest or whatnot, you put a lot of passion behind it. Like what you mentioned, right? That you wanted to buy like some drawing materials or whatnot. But how come you think that you kind of, I mean, you, you get into it very passionate for you know a certain amount of time, but then the interest or the passion, I guess, kind of dies out. Why do you think that's so? Maybe it's more because of my personality. Um, I think, um, I don't know. I'm artistic when it comes to my ideas, but then when I try to like do it myself and I realize I'm not good at it, (laughs) when I realize I'm not good at something, then I would stop. Or I find someone who's like better than me. So that's most of mostly the reason um if i get disappointed about something i just had to to change change or shift interest well there are things that i'm really good at which i keep doing for years for example um teaching and cooking that's something that i had to stick around wait i didn't know you're a cook as well so i'm curious like what do you usually cook well, I, I love exploring because I've always wanted to be a chef uh, growing up because, you know, my mom was not really a good cook. Um, she would be just like the basic, like always uh, Lisa and those kind of things. And the, of course, the ingredients, the condiments are very limited during uh, the years when I was young. So I, I told myself, if, one, if I wanted to eat well, I need to know, I need to know how to cook. And if I don't want to spend a lot of money on food, I have to learn cooking. So I've always thought I would be a chef. It's just that studying culinary is very expensive. I had to take hotel and restaurant management um, because my mom would not allow me to just work and be a chef, you know, from from experience. So uh, that would always be my first interest, my first love would be cooking and food. I cook all kinds of dishes except for maybe if I don't really like it. I'm not a big fan of seafood too much. I don't eat, I don't eat fish uh, most of the time. 
I just eat the the ones that are popular, like uh, shrimp, crab, or the fishes that I know. Uh, so I think I'm I will not be a good chef in terms of like uh, really becoming uh, like adventurous with food. Uh, but I cook Thai food, um, Korean, Chinese, sometimes Chinese, because they already have the condiments ready. Uh, yeah, so basically that's it. I'm not a foodie. I'm not really a foodie. I just love cooking. Okay, fair enough. So you mentioned like, okay, so you wanted to be a chef and all of these things. Because me, when I was a kid, I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I wanted to be like a film director. Like that was something I was really passionate about. But I guess also same with your parents. I mean, like your mom. Culinary school is quite pricey from what I know. And film school is also quite pricey as well. So I took up something different. So you mentioned that, you know, you're very passionate and you consider yourself really good at teaching, right? So um, I know that um, currently you're, you teach mostly online. But pre-pandemic, uh, if you don't mind me asking, were you teaching offline or what were you doing pre-pandemic? Well, actually, when it comes to teaching, um, I'm not really a fan of, of conventional style of teaching. I'm not that bookish person. I'm not academically um, smart, even my, I myself. But I believe that learning is something that is natural. It's a natural thing that happens. So I started teaching when I was 15 because my mom was an educator. Sorry, 14? 15. Oh, 15, sorry, yeah. My mom is a very good teacher because she uh, she always goes to good schools. Uh, I mean, she always have taught in good schools. So whenever she has Korean um, clients, Korean students, she will pass it on to me, especially the younger ones. So I think my style of uh, teaching will be more uh, like connecting to that person to actually get into their thoughts and hypnotize them and manipulate them, no, not, not in that sense. So it's more of like um, building a connection and then teaching them um, how to see things differently, not really just academic. I'm not good academically. So I started when I was 15. I've been teaching Indians, Chinese, uh, Koreans, Turkish. So these kinds of people, Japanese, but um, I specifically focused on English and eventually if I get a professional um, client especially for Chinese they would request um, like uh, a curriculum or they will say I'm interested to learn Philippine history or business English or uh, engineering English and then you just have to get a, like the material that will support or, or help you teach that so it's more like a free kind of teaching not not the school stuff. So, yeah. so I'm curious, like, you know, um, you know, you and I, we speak English normally, right? I, I don't think our English is anything like Oxford or whatever. But I, this has always like made me curious because I do have friends who are abroad, you know, usually Southeast Asian, Southeast Asian countries like Cambodia, Thailand, etc. Then when I ask them, oh, what class are you taking? Because, you know, sometimes they take a story of like the, you know, the whiteboard and whatnot. Then they say, oh, business English. So, you know, as someone who speaks English, like both of us, like it's ne nearly our native language. Well, for me, it is. Uh, what's the difference between like normal English, business English, and like engineering English? So, like, we, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, of course, English is just like uh, what we use every day. But when you put it in a specific like uh, topic, for example, engineering English would be focused on the terms used. It's just like your learning expressions used in the engineering or jargons or the materials, how do you call this one? Um, especially there's also medical English because the foreigners don't know how to express it. They would have to learn the term. So basically it's just that they can actually do self-study. But when you are like the, the teacher or the facilitator, you help them express it. It's just like in my line of job, I let my students talk 70% of the time because they can actually do self-study. So like I said, business English would be using the terms. Instead of just writing a letter to, to the company, you have to use specific words that are good in that setting or 
Okay, so I understand. So it's just really more of the jargons of each, like, I guess, um, line of business. So like, let's say, you know, if you're a businessman, you use, let's say, certain languages. Well, when engineering, you have to use terms, you know, let's say, um, okay, I'm not an engineer, but yeah, you know, like how to build a bridge or, or whatnot. Okay, so just basically those things. Yeah, but you know what, when I was, because I used to work in a, uh, like a Chinese language center in Pasing in Ortigas, and they would always give me these foreigners that are either businessmen CEO or, or a professional. That's why it's very interesting. Of course, when I was there, I did not appreciate it at all because you're, you're putting me on the spot. I have to learn this like, and my class is two hours later. <laughs> but then looking back, I said, wow, I did learn something from that. So I think I would rather be called as a learner than a teacher or an educator. Because when you truly understand something, um, when you try to just, you don't just study and like read a book. When you try to explain them in a simplified way, you better, you understand them better. So during those periods, I appreciate talking about uh, engineering and medical. But then after, the only problem is after that season was over, you know, I just threw it out the window. I forgot most of it. <laughs> well, it was interesting. So I'm curious, like, aside from business English and engineering English, are there other Englishes that you had to teach that are, that isn't like of the norm? Well, um, now that I'm just focused online because of my personal clients, I tailor fit uh, usually the classes for them. Um, so for example, I'm trying to come up with this when I try to be in partnership with other Korean uh, Chinese companies and, and they depend on me to, to, to do programs, uh, somebody, I, I, I offer that maybe we should do survival English. You know, there are a lot of um, foreign um, parents who wants to travel and send their ch children abroad to study, but they have to, you know, be there and they don't speak English at all. So survival English is mostly like the basic, uh, like uh, everyday English. It's just that in a specific um, setting, for example, what would you do if you, you're um, taking a taxi? How do you say, how do you pay? Uh, um, the tips in the restaurant, how much? So it's also culture. Um, when you're abroad, uh, that is actually something that I am still dreaming of doing and marketing like uh, survival English. Um, but I have a book to, to, to actually reference. So that, those kinds of things, news English, I also teach news English that, that is for professionals because it's good to be updated with what's happening in the world. Uh, so we do that and then there are practices and activities for yeah, to practice. You know, I just have to say that thinking about it, because again, like us, we speak English normally, right? It's just, it's kind of... It's just innate in us. It's not something we have to think about. You know what I mean? And yet, when you mention things like survival English, like you're like, how do you how do you pay in a cab, or how do you give a tip, or if you're lost, how do you ask for directions, like how to turn left or right or whatnot? It really makes me realize that how much I've um, not really appreciated that I'm able to speak English. Like it's it's nothing, right? Because there are people out there, like what you mentioned, that want to learn these things. I mean, thinking about it, like. I mean, maybe for some people, like for the for those who speak English well, like us, where in English feels like a first language more than a second language, uh, you really take it for granted, right? Asking, do I turn left? Do I turn right? Or how do I get to this station? How do I, let's say, get to McDonald's or or whatnot? So I wanted to ask you, like, you know, you mentioned that you have a, you know, you have like a personal clientele in terms of like teaching English and all of that, like. Was there a time where there's a client who was a bit difficult, not because they didn't want to learn, but because they're really having a lot of difficulty to learn? Well, I think it is. it has something to do with the environment always. You know, even if you go to China and you live there for two years or three years, you will learn something, like naturally. 
So if they are, for example, for my Chinese clients, it's hard for them because they don't have a chance to be exposed to it or hear it and even speak it. And these days, my clients, my Chinese students who are like um, like elementary or middle in middle school, they're very good in English. However, they're paying you not to learn grammar or not to learn English at all. They're just paying you to talk to them. Basically, that's it. So that's the reason they don't have the environment for exposure and they don't have like a place to practice. It. And it's funny because a few years ago, that idea was actually from a Chinese friend that we have. Like they were willing to pay us before Zoom was even, you know, invented. Uh, the Koreans were willing to pay uh, Filipino teachers just to do a 15 minute phone call. They don't even see the teacher. They don't even see the students. The, 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 the clients were all in Korea. So imagine how it has evolved throughout the years and how it has become more effective. And actually, it's very basic and simple. Um, that's a very good rule, 70-30 for foreign clients. If you keep on talking and you're the one who's just expressing yourself, it seems like they just watch a video. So. The parents better appreciate it and the clients appreciate it when you actually let them speak. And imagine it's two hours of uh, paid like work, but you actually do not get fired at all. <laughs> and then they're happy. <laughs> so it's really good. It's really good um, business, good type of work. And I guess like these phone conversations, like what you mentioned, it's just a simple, hey, you know, hello, what's up? How's your day? Um, did you do anything interesting? You know, stuff like that. Well, if you don't have a plan, eventually it will be like it will be over to them and, and they will be bored. So it's better actually to just to follow a certain um, program or a certain topic. For example, you can you can talk about your, your interest at first and hobbies, but as you go on, you can start to talk about different things. Have you watched this movie? There's a new thing going on. This is popular. Or the COVID-19. And what they did when they were in lockdown. So it gets old. If you are um, really sensitive and you want to keep the goal wrong, uh, like you, you're a, you're, a talk, you're a speaker, you're a talker, I think that's, that's your line of job. Um, you have to find specific topics to come Okay, so I want to ask you, Johnny, because you know you're very. I feel that you're very passionate when it comes to education, right? Like you, <clears throat> you mentioned that when you like something, you learn it. But you know, if you f figure out that you're not so good at that, you know, you lose interest or whatnot. But I mean, like the the base of really being passionate about education is there. So why are you so passionate about education? Well, firstly, I think that a lot of people get it wrong. Um, uh, I think learning is a trial and error, and the reason why a lot of people are not successful in life or in their career is just that they were not able to discover who they really are and what they're good at. So I've been listening to some TED Talks, and then they some of like the speakers mentioned that if you know your strength and you capitalize on them and you improve them, um, you're, you're basically going to make it because the, the competition is not to do good, it's to be excellent in what you're doing, to be specifically good at something. For example, Messi, he's very exceptional and nobody can be like him. That's why he's paid a lot of millions, millions of dollars. So I think for me, I'm passionate because I'm trying to discover myself. Okay, I'm not really good at this. I suck at this and it makes me feel bad. So when that happens, I had to move on and try something. Unless something is keeping me um, interested in that specific uh, hobby or passion. For example, language. Maybe if I want, I'm really passionate about um, meeting uh, Messi someday, <laughs> I had to learn like Spanish. So that would be something that will keep me going. So I think if people just realize that, okay, I'm good at this, I'm going to stick to this track, and then I'm going to be um, successful in this. 
I have counseled some of my students who are doing very poorly at academics to just stop. I, I had this experience when where, where there was a, a Chinese guy, he was 15, and he doesn't want to study. And he told me I'm not interested to learn math and, and, and science and these things. However, he is very good at business. At 15, he was already, he used the money that his parents gave him to buy like exclusive shoes, like Yeezys or Nikes. And what he did, he used all the money and bought a lot of shoes. And from, from that, like seven years ago until now, that is his business. At 20 something, he is already a businessman without even having to step into college. So I told him, you know what? You don't need to be distracted with all these kinds of things. Focus on where you're good at and maybe just study about business and practice. Keep practicing on, on that field. And well, true enough, he's, he's successful now. I think he has stores, he has open, he has collaborations. He has learned the ropes and naturally, came naturally for him. He didn't have to push it so far. So that's my, that's what I believe in um, about learning. Yeah, and you have an excellent point. I mean, I guess there are some people out there where when it comes to like learning and such, it's either maybe they don't want to learn or they're not focused on what they should learn. Because I mean, you know, if we were all immortal, like we could live, let's say, one million years, then we could study everything, right? I mean, we could study whatever we want because you have a million years to live, right? I think that's more than enough time to learn everything. Then... Because I think, I don't know, I don't want to sound too old, but I noticed that a lot of the younger people nowadays, uh, they want to do so many things in such a short amount of time without realizing that, you know, when you do some, you know, when you do a lot of things in a short amount of time, you don't get like enough knowledge, I guess, to be really knowledgeable about those things. You end up becoming like a jack of all trades, but master of none. You know, which I mean, it depends. I mean, sometimes it works for people, but some, but a lot of the times it really doesn't just because companies be like, okay, you, you know a lot of these things, but where are you really good at? Yes. You know, like what you mentioned about Messi. Like I know Messi, he's an excellent football player, but I know that at times he plays basketball, but no one talks about Messi, the basketball player. Everyone talks about Messi, the football player. Well, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think um, a, a big of, of like the the fault where you where we see is that like the society and the parents as well, they put a lot of pressures on their children. Like you have to be like everyone else. Well, God created us uniquely different, you know, and the reason why we are so confused, we feel we we always compare ourselves to others because. We actually do not know how God created us. So I think when you discover yourself in a deeper sense, um, you're going to make it. You're, you're special. And I think the parents should see that while you're growing up. The parents should really see you. Okay, my kid is really good at this. I'm going to invest on, on, on my kid in, in this specific field. And I'll be willing to let them go. Not, not, I, I do believe that... Um, well, like finishing college is important because the society or it's hard to get into the corporate world without it. It's just that um, people can still be successful without it. It's not a guarantee. You will actually be successful if you have a mix of, of like originality um, or you're very excellent at something and as well as uh, opportunity and being uh, able to work with other people. No matter how good you are and you're bad at socializing, I think at some point you're going to fail as well. So I think, yeah, the parents has a lot of um, a responsibility in terms of the growth of their children and who they become someday, uh, as well as the society. Uh, yeah. Mm. That, that's what I So I just want to say, I never knew you were such a big um, football fan. Because you know the because the World Cup happened like basically a month ago, right? I think it started a month ago, like sometime in November. 
then I was so surprised to see your stories about the World Cup. I was like, I didn't know Johnny liked football and all that. I, so actually, I, I didn't like football growing up. It's not even really popular in the Philippines. It's just that um, in, uh, in October, I went, uh, went to Japan. And when I came back, Japan became trending because of the football, you know, the stuff that they did, they pick up trash. And that fascinated me. And I said, okay, I'm going to watch World Cup because of Japan, because I just met the Japanese people. They're actually very kind and they're nice. And then I saw a cute guy playing for Argentina. Do you want to see my board in my room? That's okay. This is my board. I had to print all of those like uh, pictures of the Argentina player that I, I, I wanted to support. And then afterwards, I learned about Messi, and I had a friend from Argentina. Um, so that's the start of my interest in football. But I also believe that it's not going to last. For, I'm not a fanatic at all. I mean, all I can say is as a Spanish-Portuguese Filipino, I'm very happy Argentina won. At least they represented Latin <laughs> culture. Uh, so. I mean, my heart broke when Spain and Portugal got eliminated by the same team, by the way. Uh, so Morocco eliminated both of my countries in one go. But yeah, no, but yeah, the World Cup was pretty crazy, uh, especially when Messi won. Like everyone was so happy for him. Everyone was so, so happy for him. And, uh, you know, kudos to Japan. Uh, they beat Spain. They beat Spain uh, and they beat other teams. So yeah, kudos to them. I honestly thought they were going to go farther than they did, but maybe next time so you know you mentioned um that you had the crush on alvarez like what about him like what about him mm, well i don't know it's just that maybe um maybe i just got excited i got the hype like okay this guy is young but when i realized how young he was i said okay there's no chance is he like 20 or 22 he's 22 yeah. So it's like, what? Like 10, 11 year gap. But anyway, um, I don't know. There was even a time I was so confused. You know, I go to church, right? I told my friends, I'm willing to give up everything just to go to Argentina. <laughs> Considering like, you know, the business and the life here and even my parents. Um, I told myself, I like him so much. Before I found out he has a girlfriend, <laughs> I like him so much. And I said, okay, I wish I was born in Argentina. I wish I grew up in a culture where they are very passionate about soccer. It was even a time, honestly, that I felt like, God, like, um, these people are enjoying life. I said, I know you're not popular here, I told myself. And and I said, they're doing pretty fine. They're, they're well. Why is it so difficult for, for, uh, for me to, to think that maybe they're having... Um, the best time of their lives, maybe. I was thinking like that. I wish I was born there. I wish I was born in his time. Uh, and then, you know, Louis, right? Our friend at church, he said, you don't speak like you're Johnny at all because of that fever, that football fever. Uh, but then as you learn more things about that person, okay, he's young, oh, he has a girlfriend, <laughs> and all those things just go down. I started fangirling messy character so yeah uh i'm not a football fan um after before before uh the world cup 2022 but did you um follow any sports uh before aside from of course football Mm, well, I, I'm not really into sports, however, because my dad is a big basketball fan and he's very good at basketball. He used to play with me and, and I played with him because he's very passionate. Uh, even at 60, my dad was still playing basketball and he shoots very well um, before he got sick. So now he can because he's bedridden and, and that's a little sad. Uh, so I don't follow, like I'm not a fan of anyone in particular. It's just that I play when I need to, to lose some weight. That's it. So that's uh, like uh, 
uh, bad news for me. As well. Now that football is like my interest, I wanted to be athletic. I don't know how long it will last, Paolo. <laughs> it's just a fever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, you mentioned to me before about basketball. We should really play sometime, like you and me. I, I'm so curious. I have a feeling that you're a good shooter. No, no, I'm not. I, I think, like, you, you're you just going to bump. Uh, you're going to bump me, and then I'm just going to... Well, I won't bump good. you. We're going to do, like, you know, just a game wherein we just choose a spot, and we have to make the shot or not. So it's fair. Uh, but, you know, when I play with someone and I'm intimidated, like, I have this... Um, uh, learn helplessness. I just even if I'm playing with the kids here, because um, below, like uh, I mean, below the apartment, like there's a court and there are kids playing, and I play with them. If I see that they're very good, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stop the whole game. Yeah. Why? Well, I'm not confident, and then because of that, you know, I tend to shoot fast but miss because it's not accurate. Wait, so if you don't mind me, if you don't mind like us getting into it, like why aren't you confident? Like, okay, because like I'm not confident in a lot of things, but I wouldn't like stop a whole game because of that. So why? Like I told you, when I find someone who's better at me at something, I just, you know, lose interest at all. I'm not competitive. That's the bad and good thing about me. I, I'm not like, okay, I'm going to win. I'm not like that. So I'm doing things just because I like and I'm interested. It's not for winning. So I'm not a good teammate. <laughs> it's just like, it's okay, guys. We enjoyed. <laughs> so um, my dad is competitive when it comes to sport. Now, for example, during the pandemic, there uh, we, at church, we had this like um, ping pong table set um, at church. And then... The, at first, me and my dad were just playing, and I'm very interested. I'm learning. I'm getting better. Until everyone, which I actually encourage everyone, uh, the young people, to to play, and they play with my dad, and everyone just started to get better. Even a young kid, like a nine-year-old kid, got better and better. And I just said, I'm gonna stop. I just dropped it. <laughs> I didn't play. So that's me. That's my personality. So. You know, if your teammates would be polar opposites, I'll be like, guys, we're losing. What the hell? Like that. <laughs> and you're like, it's okay, guys. Just enjoy the game. And I'll be like, no, how can we enjoy the game? <laughs> I'm not competitive at all. I believe that, you know, that's why in my line of job, you know, when I am, it's just me. I'm a freelancer. And even in the, the company that we have right now, I would always tell them everyone has their own specific role because they're good at something. And if someone tries to do that, her job, for example, there are two people who are just, you know, exchanging what they should be doing. One would suck at something, you know? So you have to stick stick to your, to your lane. Um, yeah, I'm not competitive. And when I talk to my clients and students, I would always tell them, um, you're good at something, really good at something. You don't need to. But I, I agree with you that being not competitive sometimes is not a good thing. I'm not for, for that. I'm, I mean, I'm not for sports problem or any competition. So I wanted to ask you something, and I think this is going to be like the more controversial part of our, you know, our, our episode. So, you know, we're both Christians. We're, we're from the same church. And I'm not sure if it was like a month ago or two months ago, but remember what Joy Springs said on her podcast, the one about the non-believers would be, you know, would be judged and all of that. Um, because people were saying that what she said was uh, non-believers will go to hell. I mean, that's how people analyze her statement. But how did you analyze her statement? Her statement? Actually, I think she put it in a very polite way because sometimes the truth hurts, you know, but regardless, that's still the truth. For example, if, I, if you have cancer and I have this, this cure for cancer, and it's just that if I tell you about it, um, or you're, you're not really 
um, you, you, you think it will be offensive to me to help you. Uh, and I just kept it because I don't want to offend you. Hey, I have a cure, but you know, you don't want, you don't think you're sick. You're in denial, you're sick. And if I have the cure and I see you're deteriorating and I kept it from you, the worst thing that, and the most unloving thing that I can do to a person is to keep it from them. If there's a, because you know, um, uh, I think the thing about that situation um, is that someone asked the question. She didn't force it. It's not like, hey, Paolo, you're going to hell. It's not like that. He openly asked, what, what do you think about this? And so she was just telling her what she believes in that is actually based from the Bible, which is the very foundation of what we have, like the faith that we have. So in my perspective, she done it better than I would. Uh, maybe if I would do it, I would not be aggressive. It's just that there's a lot of details in that statement. If you were going to expound it, which is my tendency to expound something, it will be so overwhelming. And I think um, it's just that when a person becomes a Christian, it's not because they are convinced um, of what someone said, not because of eloquence or it's just when people started believing in God or Jesus, it has to be that they have an encounter with God. Maybe they are in the place where they're really seeking God, and they are in a situation where they are very desperate, and then God meets them through a friend. So I think, for example, because it's an interview, she was able to answer it, but behind closed doors, if ever, uh, that guy, who's that guy again? Forgot uh, Will Dasovich. Yeah, Will, if ever he comes to choice and say, you know, actually, I'm very lonely, I'm very depressed, I don't know where, where I'm going to turn to. And then she becomes personal in sharing about God and sharing the scriptures. Then that will have a more, um, like, meaningful um, impact on him. It's still the truth, you know? The truth is the truth regardless, and sometimes the truth hurts. Do you agree? It but does, yeah. It, it does hurt, but when a Christian, um, when a Christian learns how to, to speak the truth in love, or to cover the truth with grace, to be able to, to reach out to that guy, I think that will have a very good impact. So, for me, that situation was like, for me, it was like, what? He was asked, she was asked the question and she just really answered honestly what she believed in, which I also believed in. And it's very foundational for us. So yeah, about that. Um, uh, the only thing that is lacking probably in that interview was scripture. It has to be uh, scriptural. She, she could have um, said or quoted scriptures. Um, but even if she doesn't, I think the most important thing is that people were able to learn about what God really said. You know, like what they, you know what the common expression, bad publicity is to publicity. Regardless, Jesus is a topic that time, so I think it's a win-win. Yeah, because, you know, for me, when, when that whole thing happened, I wanted to to watch the episode first, right? Before I, I make any um, judgments or whatever. I mean, it's true that it is in the Bible that, you know, those who are non-believers will be judged. But I think, in just in my opinion, I think one thing that maybe she forgot to mention or maybe a lot of people didn't think about is how also in the Bible, God's forgiveness is exponential, right? You can't measure it. Because, you know, for me, it's like this. Like, you know, if an unbeliever dies, for example, let's say whatever religion they were, doesn't matter. So they die, then they're judged. But then if God sees that, you know, they were a good person, that, you know, they had a lot of morals, all of these things, and that, you know, they lived a good life without, you know, hurting other people or all these things, I cannot imagine how he would not forgive them, especially if they ask for it. So I guess that was the... What so, was lacking? Yeah, I think so. Paulo, this is like the challenge for you since you're new in the faith, 
said. Um, when you actually dig deeper to what God says, you will really appreciate it. The thing is this, people always have this, like, what if I'm a good person? But I'm a good person, I did not step on anybody or I did not hurt. But that's not actually completely true. There's only one person who lived, who, there's only one good person who lived on earth that was sinless, and that will be Christ, that will be Jesus. So that makes all of us a candidate, not even hurting others, maybe, but we hurt God in any way that, in some ways, right? For example, um, you can never really tell how good, what's the standard? Like, Paul, how could you be, how could you say you're actually a good person? Ever not cussed on anyone? Ever thought about bad things against anyone? Never. Well, for me, for example, I always struggle with forgiveness. I'm not a forgiving person, so I cannot count myself as an actual. Uh, I'm not a righteous person. Actually, I'm not a good person. Sometimes I'm judgmental. Most of the times I am. So only God really knows. If someone is actually good and we leave that judgment to him now when you go deeper to the scripture you would say you would see that God says okay these people cannot do them by themselves uh, do it by themselves they cannot be morally perfect according to my standards so I'm gonna help them by giving them a savior because like this Pao, if if you can't save yourself do you think Jesus will be necessary is Jesus necessary if you can go to, to God by yourself? Most of the time, we don't go to God. We run away from God when something's We do some things because of shame, because of guilt. I don't know if you have ever felt that, but for the most of us, we feel like that. God may be angry at me. You know, God doesn't love me. So when we dive into the scriptures, we actually appreciate how much God loves us even more. So the statement maybe that was highlighted was that God is just going to judge the people. No, God doesn't judge because he just wants to judge. He just wants, he's, that's just who he is. He's a, like a God who maintains holiness. That's who he is. He's a holy God. So he's not only just he's also loved that's why he provided for a way out now you tell me but you mean that everyone will go to hell if they don't believe in, in jesus because jesus is the only way you know so if you don't believe if you if you don't actually believe what god says it's like it's like this we accuse him of not being true no god we can find a way for ourselves we actually reject your way because we think we're better than you, or we know better than you. So I think, um, disclaimer, okay, I'm, I'm not trying to say or side on anything. It's just that when you expound things, or when you dig deeper, there will be a revelation of what that that phrase really means. God is not here just to look police people, because the Bible says um, God is not willing that anyone can perish. God doesn't because in every person, his image is there. He has made us in his image. It's like you have a child, Paolo, and you have 10 children, and one of them is like a black sheep. What kind of a father are you if you could say, okay, I'm just gonna dispose of that one black sheep because I have not. I think you won't because that's still you. That is, you know, your child, your image, the, the bearer of your name. And same with God, and even so much more, because he's a very good God. He's a loving father. So for that short amount of time to be able to reach out to somebody and, and tell them the truth, the plan of God for everyone, I think it's not enough, the time for the interview. Now, um, I think it's a good opener. Uh, you know, people become, you know, the only problem, Paul, is that uh, the Christians had given Christ or God a bad rap because of how judgmental we have become throughout the years, you know. But a lot of the times, because we felt like we are better people than Christians, we 
tend to be judgmental. So maybe the people who were actually, who actually got angry, they had an experience of being judged by people who are religious. That's why we try to um, shy away from those topics, right? But then the truth is still the truth. And if you really love a person, the most unloving thing to do is to not tell them the truth. But when you say the truth, you have to be gracious, you have to be loving and patient, and that would take Actually, you know, um, we both have very similar views um, when it comes to that, right? And what I always tell my friends is this, like, because, you know, a lot of people are angry about that. And like, that's true, that is in the Bible. But like what I told you a while ago, right? Forgiveness of God cannot be measured. You know, I, I get your point a while ago where you're saying that how do we measure who's good or who's not? And we can't. We really can't. Only God can, right? If he sees that, you know, like what I said, that I think that's why I mentioned a while ago, it's him who sees your life and not really us. So I always believe that, you know, because, you know, the thing is, the world right now is there are many people with many different beliefs. And personally, if you have a different belief from me, I respect that. I respect you, not because of, you know, because we have the same belief or whatnot. But for you to earn my respect, I have to see that, you know, you're someone who I think, is a good person now if behind closed doors you're a whole different person that that's that's on you that's not on me right i mean that's my perception so <clears throat> when it comes to things like this i always say that you know forgiveness is given understanding is always given by god more than anyone else true. No, because true. i can forgive you for let's say for example let's say we're, we're friends right let's say if you hurt me i can always forgive you period but the true forgiveness is always from God, depending on what you did to me. Like if you lied behind my back or whatever, that's a sin, right? Because lying is a sin. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could give you an earthly forgiveness, but the eternal forgiveness is from God, who's like the eternal being, right? He's always there. Yeah, I agree with you, totally agree with you. No one can actually be as forgiving as God. So the thing is that people has to come to God, you know? Wow, you have to come to God to ask for forgiveness. It's just that, do they even know that there's only one true God? If you actually really base it on the scriptures, there's only one true God. There's no many gods. Because if there's many gods, I mean, the religions, they have different kinds of destinations. It's different. There's like the Nirvana, and there's like this afterlife, this reincarnation. And the very evident things that the people who have different beliefs have different, um, for example, they have different, how do you call it, roots, or they tend to do life differently. Yeah? So the one true God, it would produce love, joy, peace, you know, not, not, not killing. Imagine if the whole world just believed in one true God. And as God says to love one another, you think we would still have wars. The reality is, no, there's uh, the reality that people do not believe in God. That's what I always get, Pao. Like, all the gods are the same. But why is it that, that the products or the fruits of the people who believe the certain gods are very different and their destination is very different? And there's no, actually, they don't have the, the also, there's also this thing that we have. Our, our Christian um, faith, like we have peace, we have joy. God would actually make you more like Christ. So you don't get that from, from all kinds of religions, it's not the same. So my the first question is when people when people actually do something wrong, do they really remember to turn to God? Do they really ask for forgiveness? Um, most of the time, people want to be the God of their lives. They want to do what they want. God, this is my life. There's even like a, an expression, I'm the captain of my soul, right? So for me, uh, I agree with you. God is very forgiving, but you have to come to God. And you, and you can genuinely come to God if you know what God has done for you. So that the merit and work of Christ. It's only then, because without Jesus, wow, people will never understand how much God loves them. Without 
knowing how far God has come to reach out to you. There's no basis of the love of God. You would still earn God's favor. That's why, you know, in different religions, they try to please the God that they don't know. For example, they try to be a good person more. But Jesus is a different story. Jesus would say, come just as you want. Come to me and I will I will trade your ashes into, into beauty. So, so it's a totally different, um, like, perspective. Um, so my encouragement would be there's so many riches and, and treasures when you think that you need to learn. The tendency of a lot of people is to, the most important thing, which is about their life and about their soul, they tend to make them. Especially their relationship with God. We are okay with... Um, with like speaking cliche and going to church on a Sunday without even knowing, is my soul okay? Am I really connected to God? So yeah, my encouragement would be try to discover and come and see from the Bible. You know, I just have to say that, you know, as someone who became a Christian very recently, because I used to be spiritual, I think you know my story. Um, I guess as humans, you know, it, as humans, it always made me intrigued how people could choose to not believe in a higher being. Like that, that's something that always intrigued me because me personally, as someone who was spiritual, I believed in God and all of that. It's just I didn't really have a church or anything like that. But I guess as people, we do want to like have our best lives. We do want to live like a full life, have fun and all of these things. But at the end of the day, I think we're always meant to believe in something bigger than us or bigger than the world that we have. I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, so Johnny, uh, thank you again for being here. Uh, I'll be ending the episode. But before I do go, um, you know, I just want to thank you again for being my season finale. It's been a you know, big honor that I was able to have you here for season three. Season four will be back next month, January. But before I let you go, are there any plugins that you want to promote for people to check out or things like that? Um, not really, but uh, first I want to thank you. Um, I didn't meant to actually go to uh, with, with the questions that you have about religion. Um, disclaimer, I'm not trying to be um, like, I know it's controversial, but it's very interesting. Theology is something that I'm very passionate about, but then I love everyone the same, um, regardless where you guys are coming. Well, and just to end that, I don't have any plugins. Um, I just want to say that, um, well, when you actually get to know a person, uh, for example, coming from a it's better to, to discover what they're, where they're coming from, their life experience, their beliefs about what kind of God, without having to, to impose um, in a short period can share, but you can also agree to disagree if the person is not ready, or it's just not, they're not really just accepting, uh, accepting about that. So I don't have any plugs, but I want to thank you, Paul. You're very um, accommodating this session, and it's very nice. Um, thank you, and have a great year. See you at church. <laughs> But yeah, Johnny, yeah, thank you so much, Johnny. Uh, again, pleasure to have you here. Uh, again, your insights were amazing. And I'm sure none of my listeners would take it the wrong way, for sure. No, no way. Uh, it was very logically sound and all of that, so no worries. But yeah, uh, so for me, thank you again to all my listeners. Iglap will be back next week, January. Uh, I'm not yet sure if it's first or second week because I need to break 60 episodes in one year, so a lot. That, that's really a lot. But yeah, until then, uh, Johnny, thank you again for being here. To everyone, take care, stay safe. Happy New Year, everyone. Bye. Happy New Year to you, Johnny. Bye, guys. Bye.